not, we're just gonna stop touching things, okay? Hi, Mo. How are you? I'm great, Abby. How are you? Fine. What'd you do in there? I don't know. My arm fell off, okay? <laughs> okay, Mo. Sounds good. <laughs> Abby, appreciate the support. I am always supportive. <laughs> Hey guys, here's what's coming up. Next week on February 21st, we have our Patreon picked episode. And this month, our patrons have chosen The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Then on February 28th, we'll be talking about our reread of The Merchant of Death, which is the first of the Pendragon series by DJ McHale. Also, if you're interested in doing a buddy read with Mo and I, we will be hosting a buddy read of Little Thieves by Margaret Owen starting in March. Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram to be added to the chat. Don't forget to check out our Patreon. We have all sorts of cool perks available from our miniseries and monthly episode picking poll to bookmarks and books from our TBRs. Check out all the cool perks at patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast. We hope you'll consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening in every week. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, Ronnie, the Pirate Queen, and Sam and Megan. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Live Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, my best friend, Abby. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. I hope you guys are having a lovely or had or whatever, whatever, tense you want. Valentine's Day day whether it be happy to yourself because you are awesome and you bought yourself chocolate or yay you have a nice significant other who treated you to something nice or you treated each other to something like so the new pokemon game came out abby on mm-hmm. switch and i definitely went on the day it came out well not went i used the target app and said please give me two copies for pickup at curbside and i went and got it at lunch and then Nate came home, and we've been playing Pokemon every night together. That's awesome. I told him happy Valentine's Day. I love the little nerdiness that you guys have together. It's so cute. As it should be. Anyway, so we are doing a Valentine's Day-esque episode, but we are celebrating friendships, non-romantic um, relationships, brotherhood, sisterhood, People not in love with one another because, you know, friendships deserve to be celebrated on Valentine's Day as well. Mm-hmm. So, as always, as a listicle, we're going to do our very darndest best to not spoil any books. Abby even caught herself tonight and she was like, oh, snap, I got to delete one of my relationships because that's just not going to fly. And I was like, why? She's like, this is why. I was like, oh, you're right. That is major spoil. Did I even think about it? So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I was going through my list one more time and went, wait a minute, <laughs> this involves a plot twist that's not until later in the series. I can't, I can't talk about this right. one. And I'm pretty sure none of mine involve any plot twist. I feel like mine are, mm, nope, mine are good. I had to check one of them. I was like, mm, nope, that character was mentioned in the back of the summary in the book. So we know that does happen. So we're good. Okay. All right. Well, shall we kick it off? Sure. So... When I think about non-romantic relationships that I adore, the first one that always comes to mind for me is Butler and Artemis from Artemis Fowl by Ian Colfer. 
And I know we rag on High Fire. We have ragged on High Fire a lot. But the Artemis Fowl series is an absolute gem. I adore this series. You have this kid genius who's kind of leaning toward the evil. And that's okay because we still love him. And Butler is the best. He's this big old scary teddy bear of a guard butler personal assistant. And the relationship between the two is just beautiful because you have this big scary dude who knows all these different fighting techniques, can speak multiple languages, and he's taking orders from a preteen who's an evil genius, basically. And the lovely thing is that because the younger of the two who is in charge is a genius, Butler doesn't make stupid moves to make Artemis look better or make him look smarter. They're both very intelligent people in their fields. And so the combination of the two just always makes me so happy because Butler also like steps up into a semi-fatherly role. Like he doesn't just let Artemis steamroll him just because Artemis is the one paying his paycheck. He's also like, um, I don't think this is a good idea and I'm not going to go along with it. And Artemis is like, excuse me? <laughs> you are going to go along. No, I'm actually not. Yeah. And it's just like, there's so much mutual respect that grows between the two of them throughout the series. And it just, their relationship just makes me so happy. Partially because I love Butler as the big scary teddy bear, but partially because I love Artemis and the two of them together is just chef's kiss. I can fly with that man i honestly don't remember a lot from that series of course right now i'm rereading the pendragon series with you and i'm reading through the first book and i'm like man i don't know if i could hand i'm like how did i handle reading Artemis Fowl and pendragon at the same time with those very young adolescent male so i hesitate to say that because i don't know how to nicely put rage hormones adolescent pubescent boys stinky boys let me tell you (laughs) but yes butler is a really good role model for artemis and keeps him in line from being too evil i think it helped us i don't feel like there were as many fantasy books starring girls and women when we were in high school Mm -hmm. There just there weren't as many. They weren't as widely marketed as they are anymore. And so I feel like that probably helped both Pendragon and Artemis Fowl since they were around the same time. Granted, they have completely different premises and very different main characters because I like Artemis a whole lot more than I like Pendragon. <clears throat> but that's a different rant. But I'm pretty sure that they were just like they were two big ones, and there weren't a lot of big ones that were being marketed to us in high school, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. I agree with you on that one. Well, I'm going to go a different relationship. I am moving over to the book called Project Hail Mary. So if you guys have not read Project Hail Mary, it's by Andy Weir. And the premise of this book is that Raylan Grace is flying through the universe. He has no idea where he is. And the other main character in the present day, and so we're not, so when you're not in a flashback in present day, there's a character named Rocky. I love Rocky. I greatly recommend everyone listen to the audiobook version. It is wonderful, so well done. It is narrated by Ray Porter, who also does the Bobaverse books because I love 
Rocky and how they portrayed Rocky, who is an alien who speaks in tones. So he speaks in music notes and they do a really good job translating that in the audiobook. And I love how you have a human in space by himself trying to save the universe. And he meets an alien trying to do the same thing to save his universe. And together with their powers combined, they become Captain Planet. <laughs> um, but really, they are sarcastic. They are funny. They're like, he's like, you are, you are bad. Or wait, is it? You are bad science human. And he's like, I am a good science human. It's like, no, you suck. He's like, go, go to sleep. And Rocky's like, you need to go to sleep. You're dumb. You are a dumb science human. He's like, and Grace is like, you're right. I'm sleep deprived. I am making bad decisions. <laughs> it is their, their banter and their exchanges are hilarious. And I, you know, it's that I, I found their relationship so endearing and I absolutely loved it. Uh, I have also read this book and I totally agree. Their relationship made the book. Oh, they were so good together. They were such good friends discovering each other's like cultures and languages. It was so much fun. It was definitely like some of the best parts. It was, you know, there's an element of adventure and danger in it. And then there's like this sweet, like friendship and relationship that are happening. You're just like, Oh, I love you guys. Why are you so precious? That, yeah. Good bromance right there. Very good bromance. All right. What's your next one? Um, my next one is Chelsea and Julius from the Heart Striker series by Rachel Aaron. I had a different relationship for this one, and then I had to change it to this because spoilers. So we all love Julius. He really just needs a hug. Chelsea is not a hugger, but she is a protector. And I love watching their relationship grow and actually go from just an older sister who might kill you and a little brother who's just like, please don't kill me <laughs> to like actual friendly siblings. And I love how protective Chelsea is of him and how out of her way she goes to try and keep him alive. <laughs> and I mean, I love her backstory too, but just the relationship between the two of them is wonderful. But yeah, I just, I adore the protective instincts that Chelsea gives into when looking after Julius. It's, it's such a good relationship because Julius really brings out the best in Chelsea and Chelsea keeps him alive. <laughs> Man, I don't think Julius would have survived long without Chelsea just popping up, cutting through time and space, killing people who threaten Julius and just popping out of existence again. No, I'm pretty sure if Chelsea hadn't been in his corner, he would have died in book one. No, it would have been sad. <laughs> it would have been very sad. All right. Who's your next one? Well, you have not read this series. And there's a character named Galaglass um, who befriends Diana. I mean, he is from the All Souls trilogy, but he is from... I don't think he's in book one. He's in book two. And he is this... Yes, he's in book two. Big Viking of a man. And he just grows very, they just have, let's say, I'm trying to have the best way to describe their relationship. It is, Galaglass is a big, scary teddy bear. Okay. So Diana is technically with, ooh, I think it's Michael's the main character's name. Crap. I can't remember. That's bad, right? I don't remember the main character's name. My bad. 
Mm. Well, the main vampire person she's actually with. Oops, forgot his name. That's fine. But <laughs> I, I, mean, I love them as a couple. They're great as a couple, but I love the relationship between Diane and Glass. Glass always has Diana's back. Like he is like, you think that's a good idea? Maybe you should think that over. And he calls her auntie and I love it. But and I don't hear auntie, I hear auntie, the way he says it in my head. And he's like, I would like to question that judgment that you're going to make right there. Uh, he's like, I am a many centuries old vampire. And I don't think that's a good idea. And she's like, it's fine. He's like, let me come with you just in case. And then he bashes some heads in. He's like, see, this really wasn't a good idea. It wasn't. She's like, it was fine. But Diana's very headstrong. She's going to get shit done. And Gala Glass is going to be right there as her shadow, <laughs> taking care of her. Make sure she comes home in one piece. Uh, I think he would be your favorite character. I was going to say, Knowing this is scary teddy bear, that makes me want to read the books more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, unfortunately, he isn't until book two, but. It's okay. If I know there's a scary teddy bear coming in the second book, I can make my way with, through the first one. Honestly, I read. Okay. So the books just celebrated their 11th anniversary, the first uh, Discovery of Witches today and the author right now is going through cancer treatments and she's like guys i am just so happy you are here with me through four books and a three season tv series and she's like you guys have really made this the best because she's like i was so worried because there are so many naysayers saying that historian can't write a novel about fantasy and have good science in history and she's like guys i did it and you have supported me the whole way and i'm like god bless you girl i love you but that's why I love the book so much because it, it it wields mythology and science and lore into a really well and history into a great well done tale. I think the second book is my favorite, honestly. Can I just say one of my favorite, absolute favorite things is when somebody can weave realistic historical fiction with fantasy, like and that's. It, Abby. It takes my two favorite genres, historical fiction and fantasy, and goes like that. Okay. So and that's book two, by the way. Book two is mostly has most of the big history in it, but there's a but the main character is a historian, and we get to go through her journey of discovery and research in the beginning of the book. The book is a book about books. <sighs> you know? Okay. Okay, you're really selling me on this. And if you don't like it, that is okay because I'll take my copy of the book back and I will look at it because it's a damn pretty copy of a book too. It is pretty. But yeah, a historical fiction and fantasy, having a love child and making a book, best thing ever. Best invention ever. And Abby, oh, I can't tell you that was spoil, but there's a thing in there that makes it all the better just for Mo. Okay. Then book two. Book two is my favorite. Okay. Honestly, the only other book that I've come across and adored that did historical fiction and fantasy together was The Gollum and the Genie by Helene Wecker. It's set in New York, late 1800s, I think, but it's all, it deals with immigrants. And obviously the main two characters are a Gollum and a Genie, but because they're from completely different mythoses, they're from completely different immigrant peoples, Mm-hmm. it's just oh that's so good i want to read the second one she came out with a second one years later and i don't know how good it's going to be but that first one was amazing uh, it has higher ratings than the first one. Oh, does it okay yeah 
I need to get my hands on it and read it. We'll read the first book next year, and we can read the second book together next year as well. Okay, because I loved it. Did you not like um, His Majesty's Dragon by Naomi Novik? I do not remember it. Oh. I know. So here's the thing. I know I read the audiobook. I cannot tell you a single thing about it. Other than that, I assume there was at least one dragon involved because of the title. Yes. I, I literally don't remember a single thing about it. It is my goal to eventually reread it, possibly in the physical format, so maybe I'll remember it a little bit better. Sometimes audiobooks just don't stick. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So I do plan to read it eventually because I love her stuff, but I honestly don't remember anything about it. Oh, well. Yeah. All right. So back on topic. The next non-romantic relationship that I love is Will and Horace from the Ranger's Apprentice series by John Flanagan. The thing I love about this is that you start the series with them as boys. They're like 11, maybe 12. They're young. They're babies. They're babies. And Horace starts out as this absolutely horrific bully. He's just, he's mean. He is terrible to Will. He's absolutely terrible to Will because Will is small. He's small for his age. And his main thing is that he's fast and he's good at climbing. But Horace is this big lumbering 12-year-old who picks on Will. And I mean, you get to watch the two of them grow up and get into their professions with their apprenticeships. And you get to watch them mature and you get to watch their adventures as they're thrown together again and again. And you get to watch that relationship go from Horace being a bully and Will just being scared and running away from him to them being like the best of friends, like ride or die friends. That is Will and Horace. And it's just this amazing evolution. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes like, they sort of start becoming friends in the first book. And then like the next couple books really like build on that foundation. It's just, it's so fun to watch. It's so pure and it's nice watching them grow up to become better people because Will stops being afraid of everything and running away and Horace stops being a jerk and a bully. And just, it's so pure. I love I love that. They make me so ridiculously happy. I'm sorry you didn't like this series or that it didn't draw you in. That's okay. It's not for everybody. But their relationship just is beautiful. Well, I'm going to another relationship. I'm going to Bob. Remember Bob from Bobiverse? The original Bob. The Bob. And Archimedes, who is a young... God, how do they say the word? Deltian. So it is a biped... How do they describe it? I know they're covered in brown fur, have stripes, kind, and they're kind of like cute little fuzzies. We're going to call them cute little fuzzies. So Archimedes is a cute little fuzzy. And he, Bob sees Archimedes as this bright young child and just strikes up a friendship throughout Archimedes' entire life. Because Bob is an AI program, essentially. Uh, he's a human personality that is directed to basically save the human race. He's like, okay, I can do that. And while he's doing that, he falls in love with basically the first alien race that he meets. And I love the 
it goes from mentor to mentee to you know really true friendship to the point where bob ends up basically living among them as best as he can and um trying to simulate into their society until they're like this is sus what's up with this i think the relationship lasts at least okay it's a five book arc right now at least two of the books has archimedes in it but archimedes (laughs) is always Bob always goes back and talks to Archimedes and talks about his friendship and how much he misses Archimedes and enjoyed, you know, like that was his pivotal growing moment as a character was his whole relationship with Archimedes. And it defines everything throughout the whole series. Yeah, that was a good one. I don't know. It's just, it's, I love seeing that mentor to mentee to friendship to that deep friendship that they had. <laughs> Yeah, that is where your list has gone, hasn't it? <laughs> like, another bromance. All about the bros. All, all about alien friendships, actually. Yeah, well, it's not going to get much better than that. So it's going to kind of... So my next one is Mercy and Ben from the Mercy Thompson series by Patricia Briggs. And the thing I love most about this relationship is that Ben is an Beep. He is. And that particular aspect of him doesn't change even as he matures throughout the series. Yep. But once Mercy and the reader find out more of his backstory, it doesn't excuse his behavior, but it gives you a reason for his behavior. And I love that Mercy, rather than coddling him or going, oh, it's okay that you act like an beep because of your past. She doesn't act like it's an excuse. She goes, yeah, that happened. It sucks. It's terrible. But you still have to treat people like people. But at the same time, she's also very caring about it. Like, she, she draws hard lines, but she's caring about it. And Ben respects that and grows to see Mercy as an actual person, which is growth for him. And I just, I love the evolution of their friendship throughout these books and how they actually do become friends, even though Ben starts out as such a terrible character. Yeah. It's just, it's so nice to see so much growth in side characters like that. It's a really good side character. Cause like, I remember when we get to Ben first, I'm like, yeah. Ben. And now I'm like, oh, Ben. Oh, I know. Right. The first time he shows up, you're like, who is this Jack? Like, this is a terrible person. And it's, you don't even find out in that book why he's a terrible person. But yeah, I love how it was handled because, you know, traumatic and horrible events might cause you to not act like a nice person, Mm -hmm. but they're not an excuse for not being a nice person. Precisely. So I love how Briggs handled that. And the relationship between Mercy and Ben is just wonderful. I loved it. What you got next? Mercy and Ben. That's it. Um, not really. So <laughs> got my two girls coming up. Okay. So this is from the Interdependency Trilogy by John Scalzi. For one, this was a amazing audiobook because it was narrated by Will Wheaton. So I loved it. Two, I don't normally pick these kind of characters to be my favorite characters, but I love Kiva. Kiva is a fast-talking trash talking man i she knows how to bend cuss words into a new 
into new insults, man. And they're just like, holy moly. Like, that, that, okay. Um, and she basically just sleeps with anyone and everything. Okay. That, that's cute. Okay. But who does she not sleep with? Grayland II, who is the emperor of the interdependency. So you have this um, fast-talking, basically high noble Kiva, and you have the highest of highest nobles, the emperor, and they come together to form an alliance. And Grayland is so poised, so put together, and all the crazy plans that happened would not have worked if you didn't have this very serious, very much, this is how we're going to do this. We need to get this done correctly so we can keep the interdependency together. And Kiva. Kiva's balls to the wall crazy, okay? And they somehow just balance each other out. And they become really good friends throughout the whole series. Because the first book, basically, Grayling gets, what do you call it, appointed when you get, no, I guess crown, gets crown impro. That's what it is. So she has never met Kiva, has no idea who Kiva is. Kiva breaks into the picture and she's just like, let's go crazy. Yeah, Kiva's crazy, the end. <laughs> but they have to come together in a partnership against the, oh, I can't remember how to pronounce their name, the um, Muhammad Petons house. They're bad. They're bad news. And they're both like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Nah, actually, we'll just be friends. It's fine. I love it. I love seeing strong women come together and beating the crap out of other people. Not literally. Well, Kiva's literally. Grayland's not. Grayland beats you like a political partner would. I love them. They're great characters, great friendship. Would highly recommend. I almost put Kiva and um, Grayland's significant other, uh, Mars. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But mm, uh, Kiva and Grayland are better than Kiva and Mars. Kiva and Mars also had a fling at some point, so we're just going to leave that on, you know. Again, Kiva slept with everyone in the book but Grayland, essentially. I think she would have slept with Grayland, too, if she could have, but she did not. I feel like I should read this series now. It is hilarious. It is, it is a great read. It is so funny. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yes. Have I, have I, yeah, I made you read Old Man's War. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> What's next for you? So my last one before the break, I had two from this book and I had a hard time picking. Um, so shout out to Soap and Side. I really love their relationship. They are like an honorary mention for me, but I really love Sophronia and Damity's relationship. This is Finishing School Series by Gail Carriger. I have never read two female friends who are more ride and die for each other than Sophronia and Dimity. True statement. It's just like they are the epitome of ride or die because no matter what plan Sophronia comes up with, Dimity's like, yeah, oh. okay, let's do it. Dimity is not a voice of reason. She is a voice of enabling. She is. She's definitely an, an enabler. <laughs> but I love her. And Sophronia is definitely like she's the one who sparks all their adventures, but Dimity without Dimity there, the adventure is lacking. Because mm-hmm. just like they're both trained the same way, they both think in different ways that coalesce very nicely when they're on missions. And so Dimity brings up things to Sophronia's attention that Sophronia hadn't thought of, and vice versa. And so they just they work so well together as friends, as colleagues, they're just, 
They're so amazing. They're so red and die. It's like the epitome of female friendship, you know? Mm. Oh, I know. I love them. And Sophronia is this tomboy and Dimity's all pink and fluffy and jewels and sparkly, sparkly, all about the sparkly. She, she would be a disco ball if we were having a disco. That's how sparkly she is. Yes. And the lovely thing is neither of them ever does anything but encourage the other despite their very different tastes. Sophronia never tells Dimity that she's wearing too much or that she's too sparkly. And Dimity never tells Sophronia that she doesn't like the plainer looks or anything. They just encourage each other. Mm-hmm. It's such a pure female friendship. And it's so bad Beep. on top of everything else. So I adore their friendship. They are a good friendship. So my last one is a, a friendship I have mentioned a lot. And because it's one of my favorite book series, guys, I am, it's the Alex Veras book series. And I am holding so hard to book 12. Like I have book 12. I bought book 12 when it came out. I pre-ordered it. It's the last book, guys. And Anna and Valerium are in it. I, I don't know if I can bring myself to read it. I, I am so scared of what the author has done to some of my favorite characters. But, oh, not Anna. It's Anne. Sorry. Anna's a... You know, where I get Anna from? Well, probably from up, but it's Anne. My bad. Too many Annas and Annes in the world. I'm, I'm getting concerned, but they are. So they came in the series, probably books five or six, and they came on as apprentices. Anne was, well, they were both John because they, they were both dark apprentices that came into the light council and uh, basically were like, yeah, we want to be apprenticed to a light mage. And no one would take them. But they made it out of a shadow room together, and they've always been there for each other. Glarium's always backed her up. He is a fire mage. She is a life mage. And they are not the ride or die as Sophronian and Dimitri, but they, they are ride or die. But they speak reason into one another as much as possible. Like they are, they balance each other. And when one is going to do something stupid, the other one's like, mm, you sure about that stupidity there? Cause you really shouldn't do that. And they're both powerful enough mages that they can throw around their weight on one another if they need to, to make their point. Mm-hmm. But I love how they, Larry basically is his nickname. Doesn't get in the way of Anne and Alex's relationship. He's very supportive. He's, they're all great. Like, it's nice to have like just a good friend to support you in the stuff that you do, whether it be to, you know, don't go kill people or, you know, yeah, sure. Go get with this guy. It's all fine. I appreciate it all. I really need to read more of that series. Yes, you do. I will eventually. You should. I quite like it. Well, guys, that is it for the first half of our favorite non-romantic relationships, AK friendships. When we come back, we're going to go through our final list. Five for Abby, five for Mo. So we'll see you in a second. Talk to you in a minute, guys. Hello, everybody. I'm Megan. And I'm Samantha. With Literary Lushes. And we want to tell you about our podcast. Join us every other week as we dive into a sci-fi or fantasy novel where we also drink cocktails inspired by the novel. We post YouTube videos of us making the cocktails. And a lot of the times we even have the authors on, including Dennis E. Taylor, Marissa Myers, and even Angela Roquet. So join us because you don't want to miss the podcast that's been described as not taking ourselves too seriously. And with that, we say stay lively with your libations. Welcome back, guys. 
This is going to be the second half of our list. Mo, do you want to start this half off? I sure do, Abby. So we, of course, gushed about this book. We, of course, gushed about the second book. But the Scala Man's trilogy? I thought it was going to be a duology, but I popped into a trilogy. Oh, it might even be a series at this point. We don't know what books are next. Oh, man, guys. I love the main character, Elle. And I love her friendship with Adia. So, you know, we get into it. Elle's a bit of a loner, right? She doesn't trust anyone. But she's got one person that's her ally. And that's Adia. And, you know, Elle's kind of Elle. She's a little blind to things <laughs> like a lot of things um and she just wants to get through school and not die and she knows that she is not an artificer which means she doesn't make stuff make magical things so she has to find someone who at least will kind of work with her well that's adya adya is a talented non-enclave meaning she doesn't have a clan or a guild or anything like that so she's independent like l and independence got to sit together they're gonna survive the scalamans and so, you know, they strike a, what, like two or three year partnership where they're just kind of friends, you know, like not like super duper close, not going to hang out for each other's hair, but they're pretty good friends. Mm-hmm. And then through the first book, you finally get, I guess Elle just didn't have character growth in the first few years of school. And suddenly, boom, she turned into a character. I mean, con, the book happened. That's why she turned into a character <laughs> growth. Let's be honest. Yeah. But, <laughs> I love seeing, I loved, well, I loved reading the, basically the start of that friendship and as it more from a business transaction into a true friendship by the end of the second book. Like they, they are literally, you're going to die if you don't, don't have an ally and they are fighting through to get through to the end, to the finish line. I love it. It is such and they're not too catty either. Like, I can't even think about them, like, mm-hmm. really fighting. Like, pretty sure Adia's like, eh, Elle, you've been kind of dumb a little bit. Like, you missed a whole bunch of signs. Hello. But not like, oh, we swoon, swoon, over boy, swoon, swoon, must fall in love with the same guy. Love triangle crap, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like Adia. She's a good character. And I like her relationship with Elle, too. I like relationships that started as start as a business transaction and then morph into something right. more. Like those are always well, so fun. And I almost put um Lou as what well, instead of Adia because I love how Al does her cleansing thing and then boom, Lou is you know so much better, less badness. But I think Adia beats Lou. Mm-hmm. I love them both, but I think I like Adia more. Just like a hint more. Elle's my favorite character still. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Lou too. Good pick. Good pick. Thank you. So my next one is what I consider like my personal ultimate pro TP. And for those of you who don't know, that's like an OTP, which is a one to your pairing, but it's a bromance instead. And that is Cinder and Thorn from Lunar Chronicles by Marissa Meyer. These two, the sass and the sarcasm and the witty banter. And the complete lack of any real, um, romantic relationship between the two never even hinted at. Like, it is so wonderful. It is such a pure relationship because it shows, it's showing that a woman and a man can be friends without literally anything else happening. Mm-hmm. It's not a myth. It, is, it can be a thing. Right, exactly. And I love 
that Marissa Meyer showed that here because they never try to make a love triangle between Kai and Thorne and Cinder. She never tries to force a relationship between Cinder and Thorne. She never tries to hint that there might be. I think it's actually laughed about at one point. And it's just like, I think Kai gets jealous at one point before he ever meets Thorne. And then he meets Thorne and he's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> like, I'm not worried. It's fine. <laughs> it's just, it's such, it's such a wholesome relationship, but there's so much like sass and sarcasm going on because Thorne is so utterly confident in himself <laughs> and Cinder is not putting up with it. <laughs> so it's just, it's beautiful. And it leads for so many good one-liners and so much witty banter and just, they work so well together and I love them so much. Ever since I've read them, they've been my ultimate bro TV. I can dig that. I can go with that. I won't disagree with you. They are a good bro relationship. Whatever you said, bro BT. I don't know how you said. Bro TP. Sure. Sounds great. Have some words. <laughs> uh, all right. So who do you have next? Bond's going to walk right over to, of course, a man called Uwe because... I know I cannot get away from this book. It's one of my favorite books I've ever read. I love Ove and I love his relationship with Parvana, right? Parvane? Parvane? I don't know. I don't remember. I listened to the audiobook. It's been a long time, like four years at this point. I can't remember how to pronounce her name. But pronounce it how you want. I love this grouchy man who keeps pushing away this very pregnant lady who's like, no, sir, <laughs> you will teach me how to drive. And he's like, okay. And she's like, I am pregnant. We are going to do this. He's like, okay, you're a crazy lady. And you know what? Crazy pregnant lady said, this is how it's going to be. And I, I love how she basically just adopts him. And she's like, you are going to be my new dad and you're going to like it here. These are your new grandchildren. My husband's dumb. Please fix him. Thank you. <laughs> but that's what Uwe does. He's a fixer. He fixes things. He does things by, you know, uses his hands and make things. And he had no purpose. And she brought light and purpose back to his life. And, you know, by being family to him. Their relationship is so good it's so good I almost put them on this list and I'm like mm -hmm. no I bet Mo's gonna want them yes I am thank you for not doing so I appreciate that you're welcome I love them too I love how she's just one of those people who like pushes her way into your life and you can't stop her no matter what you do mm -hmm. and that's exactly what they needed and it's just it's such a good relationship I agree so good okay so mine is uh, my next one is three characters because oh a threesome that's awkward abby thank you yeah shut up says the woman who also has a threesome later on i know i couldn't get i oh i couldn't get away from i tried i tried <laughs> to pick like different set but i'm like no i love these guys see and that's my problem that's what i tried to do i was like oh man i really love tag and charles relationship but, you know, I really love Tag and Anna's relationship, too. And, like, I can't really talk about Charles and Anna because that's a romantic relationship. But the three of them together? Mm-hmm. Oh. I know. Oh. Um, I love, 
I loved in the newest book how they're all in the same car together and they made it work. Guys, we talked about how much we loved this trio in the last Alpha and Omega review that we did because it's the newest book that came out for that series. Which is called Wild Signs. Wild Sign, yes, thank you. And it's just, this is like the perfect trio of characters. You have the big orange-haired Viking berserker tag. You have Charles, who's the scary teddy bear. And you have Anna, who's just like, la da 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 dum love Anna. I love Anna too. And just like the friendly chemistry between the three of them and the way they interact, the way that Tag is so protective of Anna, but it is not at all in a romantic way. Like it's literally just, he wants to protect her because he sees her as like, she's part of his pack. She's somebody that he needs to protect. Like she's one of his people. And it's just, it's just a friendship. It is not, again, male-female friendship that is not at all romantic. And Tag and Charles have a beautiful relationship because Charles scares most people off. And Tag knows that he's not dominant to Charles, but he's also like, it's fine. And he doesn't cause Charles extra tension and extra stress by being around and being nearby, which is very refreshing because most of the werewolves cause him extra stress, especially the more dominant ones like Tag is. And so just like this trio is just the best and I want to see more of them in future books because they just, they make me so happy. I love Tag as a character in general and his relationship with both Anna and Charles is like peak awesome relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of love the trio together. I hope the trio is seen more. I agree with that. That, Because like when they don't have other people around, it's just fantastic. I love them all. I I love Tag over Charles. I love Charles more than Tag, but I adore Tag. Yeah. I think I like Charles. I mean, I like Tag more than Charles. And that's okay. That's okay. okay. Tag is also a scary teddy bear. Yeah, I know. He's a different type of scary teddy bear. Yeah. Well, let me just walk over here to another Girl Carringer series, except mine is going to be the Parasol Protectorate. I hate this word. It's like the most awful word I've ever seen. Okay, Protectorate. We have Alexa, who is a special, guys. I I always think of her as the no-nonsense, I'm going to do things my way, and you're going to come with me, or you're not going to come with me, because I don't care, because we're just going to go do it. She's a lot like Sophronia, only an adult. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, Akadama. I love Akadama. I love him for so many reasons. He is just this ridiculous, frilly vampire, and he just adopts Alexa. He's like, you shall be mine. And and, and, you know, more in the series, there's more to that relationship as well. That even comes even more entangled. But I, I don't know. And there's just something about this no-nonsense lady and this over-the-top vampire that I just absolutely adore. She's just so, just so ridiculous that I don't know how she can, like, be so serious around him, you know? I feel like every no-nonsense woman really needs a frilly best friend. Apparently. <laughs> I think it's a great dynamic. I love Akaldama as a character. And so I, I love him interacting with pretty much any other character. But I agree. Him and Alexia 
they're a fun bear. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next one on my list is Addie and Meryl from The Two Princesses of Bamar by Gail Carson Levine. And Addie and Meryl are sisters. Meryl is the older of the two. She is the sword-swinging, adventure-seeking, I'm-gonna-kick-butt princess. And Addie, who is the main character, is afraid of everything. She's very quiet. She's very demure. She can't stand up for herself. She always relies on her, her sister to do that. Mm -hmm. and as polar opposite as they are they're intensely close they adore each other they think the other is just amazing because Addie thinks Meryl is so cool because she's not afraid of anything she can fight she can do all this really cool stuff and Meryl thinks Addie is cool because Addie can do things like embroidery that Meryl is terrible at and so it's just like it's this really fun dynamic between the two complete opposites appreciating everything about the other one. And so I, I just love their relationship because as different as they are, they're super close. They're very supportive of each other. They're always encouraging each other to be better at the things they're lacking in. I love it. It's just, it's so great. That's really wholesome. I really like that. It is. Their relationship is so wholesome and good. There's no cattiness between the sisters. It's just, I want you to be a, the best version of you possible. And like, I already think you're amazing. <laughs> that is their relationship. Definitely watched Ella Enchanted. I love that book. It's just a good, I mean, it's okay. The movie does not follow the book too good at all. <laughs> the movie Fine. and the book are two completely separate entities. <laughs> Fine. I loved Ella Enchanted the book. I love Ella Enchanted the movie. Yeah. That's a good author. I like, I like how she writes her female characters. Yes, she does such good female characters. And it's really great because these books are geared towards like middle school. Like these are the kind of role models that middle school girls need, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that she writes this way and that she writes middle grade. Like, mm, mm -hmm. fantastic. I love her. I love her stuff. Solid picks, guys. Would recommend if you have a middle, age, middle school age girl. Mm -hmm. For sure. I'm going to roll right into The Iron Druid by Kevin Hearn. So, love Atticus, The Iron Druid, and his relationship with his buddy, Oberon, the Irish Wolfhound. Okay. So, the only qualms I have with Oberon is the voice actor who decided that he had to sound like Scooby Doo. <laughs> what the crap? Why did you do that nonsense? Okay. Now, Beyond that, I love Oberon. He is a, so Atticus and Oberon have been drinking some magical herb juice for like the last 1,000 years and keeping each other alive. And he's a giant dog that talks to you tel telepathically and, you know, tells you all about his fascination with the poodle next door. That's the kind of bromance I like. But honestly, I, I just like Atticus and Oberon. I like the relationship. I like how they're, you know, not, and they're not even mastered the dog or anything. They're, they're just good friends. And I love how intelligent Oberon has gotten thanks to drinking the, um, the magic juice, essentially the magic potion that Atticus drinks. Mm -hmm. the adventures that they get to go on together. I mean, it's like every pet owner's dream to keep your dog alive forever, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Their relationship is a good one. A man and his dog. It is. <laughs> yeah. 
I told you my themes here are aliens and humans, a man, his dog. Anything else really weird on here? Uh, Galaglass is a vampire. Akadama is a vampire. I like vampires and non-humans, okay? That's the kind of relationship I like. Or crazy, crazy, crazy ladies who sleep with everybody apparently are really great people to have around you. It's all right. Those are all good relationships. And honestly, the fact that Oberon sounded like Scooby-Doo didn't bother me until you brought it up. And I like consciously made that connection. And then I was like, I can't unhear it now. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> help. So your turn. Please share me. You're next. All right. So my next one is Matthias and Methuselah from Redwall by Brian Jakes. Methuselah is the oldest creature at Redwall at the time. And Matthias is the main character. And he's, I don't know, pre-tween kind of thing. A tween kind of thing. Like in that age range, basically. I love the juxtaposition between their ages and yet how strong their friendship is. And they go on this adventure solving all these puzzles and riddles. And it's just, it's such a fun ride because you grow to love Methuselah, who's just like this wise old mouse who absolutely adores this young, this younger mouse because, you know, they're friends and they get along really well. I think, I feel like it shows that there's no age limit on being friends Mm -hmm. because they really are just, they're close. They're great friends. And Methuselah is kind of a bit of a mentor to Matthias, but it's mostly a friendship. And I love that. I do. There's something kind of, it's kind of like Bob and Archimedes, like as it grows and grows, like you're just like, oh, it's nice when, when old people become your friend, you know, they still have a lot of guidance and things to offer you, but it tugs at the heartstrings. Yeah. So I'm going to pull into my last one. My last one is also a threesome. It's a trio of individuals who, people like when you work with somebody for so long and they know all of your antics, they know all of your quirks, and they just keep you grounded because they can just call you out on your nonsense because you know what? They're like, yeah, no, don't do that. That is Sam, Fred, and Nobby. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From Guards Guards, from the Terry Pratchett series and from that whole run. I almost put Carrot. I feel like Carrot still is a little aloof and silver loner, even in the books I'm reading. Plus now he's gotten with another character. And so I was like, you know what? Let's go to the original mm-hmm. trio. Let's let's stick with Sam and Fred and Nobby, the original guards from Guards Guards who are walking the streets, the Midnight Patrol. They're going to keep you safe, kind of, maybe, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> eh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of do, not really, they'll just kind of watch when crime happens and go, eh, it's not worth it. But they all grow as characters and they grow as a team. And I love um, how they grow their department, especially in Men at Arms. Like, yeah, I loved um, Men at Arms. I think it was one of my favorites. So I still have to read um, the next one, which I forgot what that one's called. Feet of Clay? Yes. Is the fourth one? Yeah, I need to read that one still. Yeah, I have to read that one too. Yeah, but man, I love those guys. They're a great trio. Abby, here we are. We're at the end. I just started this book. Yes, we will be doing an episode on it. (laughs) So my last one is Debbie and Nova from the Paradox Trilogy by Rachel Bach. If you aren't aware, Rachel Bach is also Rachel Aaron that we talk about all the time. 
This is her sci-fi trilogy. Okay. Devi is a badass fighter. I want to be her. Oh my God. The scene I just read, I got to interrupt you. Oh my God. Like her opening scene, she gets on the <laughs> ship and she puts this guy in his place. I'm like, I want to be her in the office. I'm like, no, no, Mo, you cannot be her. <laughs> you cannot do that to people. That is bad. I want to be her. Right? She's so cool. She is such a badass and she's awesome. She takes no prisoners. She's just kick-ass. She is fantastic. And then you have Nova. I adore Nova. She is a precious cinnamon bun that should be protected at all costs. She is a genius space hippie. I don't know her yet. I can't wait to meet her now. (laughs) Is the best way I can describe her. (laughs) She's all about the energies. And she can see energies on people. And she meditates. And she has all sorts of like crystals and things. She's very, she's very crunchy. She's space crunchy. I love it. (laughs) And the best part is she actually is very smart. She's she's not the navigator but she helps with launches and stuff Mm -hmm. which is all like very complicated math and so she's very smart she is not dumb by any means but she's also just like constantly happy and bubbly and man she's a hippie (laughs) she's a happy hippie and I love her and the two of them end up being roommates and these just polar opposite characters are wonderful together i can't wait i haven't gotten there oh okay so guys it was great talking to you tonight i am going to log off now so i need back to read that book because i need to go meet nova not really guys um man abby i am ready yeah nova and debbie together are great debbie is very much what is this weirdo space hippie talking about i don't understand what she's saying but okay i'm going to go along with it because she's too happy to burst her bubble (laughs) it's a great relationship seriously nova is just like a cinnamon bun who needs to be protected and basically everyone on the ship is just like don't upset her we keep nova happy so i love the two of them together it's great Again, I feel like a theme of my list is like women empowering each other, even though they're different. That's definitely. And, and my, my theme was, oh, non-human relationships. It was aliens and vampires and non-humans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's okay. I like both of our lists. It's a good list. Um, so happy Valentine's Day, guys. Hope you have a really good one. Hope you enjoy whatever you do and whoever you celebrate with. And we will see you again next week. Happy Valentine's Day. Talk to you next week. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use, or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks, like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.